Time to get inspired, develop and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You're listening to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for non-native English-speaking yogis and yoga teachers that want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. My name is Annie, the founder of Enga Unite, and here to guide you on your way to become the confident, effective and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. Hello everyone, hello hello and happy Friday. It's Friday today and it's a bit of an unusual day for us to be live, but we are here for our expert interviews. So a lot of you will know about this already because we've had a few in the last couple of months. And these are expert interviews with very experienced yoga teachers that have created an impact or make an impact in their own niches, their own audiences. And that is something that we're going to speak about today with Shannon. You might know Shannon from the Connected Yoga Teacher. She has another Facebook group that you may be already part of. And she has a podcast as well, which is called The Connected Yoga Teacher. So Shannon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making the time and speaking to us today. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm excited that it's Friday and you and I were just chatting um, about how the weather is still nice. That's the way it is here. I'm up in Canada and so taking in all of this weather before the snow starts. Yes, I can imagine. Does it get real cold where you are? It gets fairly cold. I mean, there are parts of Canada that get much colder than us, but we get a lot of snow where I am. Okay, so it's not the perfect time to be outside those days. <laughs> well, it depends. You just have to dress warmer and find things like snowshoeing or all the things to be out enjoying the snow. Exactly. So we'd like to know a little bit about you before we start speaking about the topic. I already said you've got a group, you've got podcasts, but who are you? What should we know about you? Sure. So like I said, I live in Canada, in Ontario, about three hours north of Toronto for anyone who knows Canada. And I'm a mom of three. I feel like my three kids are my best teachers. I became a yoga teacher when my youngest was a baby and she's now 16. So my kids are teens and young adults, 16, 18, and 23 are my kids' ages. And I became a yoga teacher and then realized, oh my gosh, there's so much more to learn. I really started to specialize in prenatal yoga at first. And that's where I started to realize, oh, like, even though I took this big yoga teacher training, I want to go over here and like learn more about this specific thing. So that's why I'm excited to talk about niche work. It's made a big difference in my life because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and a yoga teacher for a long time. I feel like it's made all the difference in helping me to connect to something that gets me really excited. And then also it's a connection that I have with people who are like, yes, that's the the kind of yoga I need to find. That yoga is for me. Mm -hmm, exactly. We're going to speak about that in a little bit. Given that you're from Canada, I just want to say all the people that are here are English learners or at some point in their life have learned English. Given that you're from Canada, do you by any chance also speak French or have learned French before? 
<laughs> so when I think when I started school, we t- started French, I think it was in grade four. Mm-hmm. And so I took a little bit of French, but then I wanted to take it all the way as long as I could in high school. I really loved learning French, but it was such a small amount that when I go to Montreal and I try and order whatever kind of food and I really try and speak French, they're just like, it's all right, Shannon, let's just, just speak English. <laughs> So my French is not great, but my kids all were in French immersion. So we, we picked up a little bit and then from a little bit of travel, then I learned a tiny bit of Spanish, but I mean, a tiny, tiny amount, not really enough to get by. So I appreciate that anyone who's here listening is like, knows more than one language. I'm very impressed by that. (laughs) Well, don't underestimate yourself. You know, a little bit and you do, and you have tried learning two languages. That's really, really great. It's really nice to know that we all share that experience as well. So you already touched on, on teaching yoga and how you chose a niche. Could you tell us, because today we're going to speak about what a niche is and how you can find your niche. But first of all, how would you define a niche? What really is this? Such a good question. I like to call it, you know, your yoga specialty or the yoga that you specialize in or what are some other terms that I'm trying to think of? And I want to be clear that this means a lot of things to different people. So if you graduate from a 200 hour yoga teacher training, you might start to specialize even in that knowing, okay, I go to a few different classes this one over here is really hot and really fast. And I end up like really sweating. And this one over here is more gentle and restorative. I think I want to lean over more toward the restorative type of teaching. Like it might start like that, just what you enjoy doing, what your practice looks like. And then the more you get to work with your students, you might realize, okay, I really like to work with people who have knee injuries or knee surgery, like it can become so specialized. And when that happens, (laughs) like I used to think that my niche was super specialized, but I realized that even within that niche, I was leaning towards working with a specific population, even within that. So I think it's evolving. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like specializing in a specific aspect where people need you because I think the way I've heard it before, and I would like to include as well, is that you're saving or you're solving a specific problem for a specific group of people. Um, And this can be very broad because everyone in yoga comes for many different reasons. But in this case, you're focusing on one specific thing. And you said it really made a big difference friends in your life when you started to focus on one aspect within teaching yoga why do you think it's so important to have a niche or to have a specific problem that you're solving so first of all i feel like it helps with the why am i showing up like what am i my big why really helps because that (laughs) informs everything it's like okay what will i post today on social media what will i share in my email all of those decisions become a lot simpler When you know, okay, this is what I talk about. And one of the things I love to talk about is specializing and niching down for yoga teachers. It's it's one of my favorite things. So when people reach out to me and say, you know, do you want to do an interview like this? I'm like, well, I really like to talk about niche work and pelvic health, niche work for yoga teachers and pelvic health. And I've gotten to that point. The other way it's helped me, like, let me give you a very concrete example is I used to teach gentle yoga. Then I thought, 
I'm going to call it gentle yoga for hips and shoulders. And my class size went up a little bit. I knew in my heart, I really am teaching. I'm learning about pelvic health and I'm really teaching how people can uh, have a real connection to their own pelvic health and what that means. So I called it yoga for pelvic health. The signups for those classes just went way higher than I'd ever had. And it was because people were like, yes, that's what I need help with. So the gentle yoga, people are like, okay, let's try that. It sounds like it might be okay. The hips and shoulders, people were coming because they have pain with their hips and shoulders. And then the yoga for pelvic health, it was like, okay, these are people who have pelvic health issues in some way, and they want to know how yoga can help that. So it just made the marketing easier. You know, I could send out one email, fill the class pretty quickly. I built up my business for sure, but mm-hmm. it just made my marketing much easier. It made my class plans so much easier. Like I knew what we were focusing on each week. And then I started to get referrals from healthcare professionals in our area who realized, okay, this is a yoga teacher who's taking specialized training and they would refer people to my classes. Exactly. And I think, especially this last part that you mentioned, I think it's also people start to see you as an expert in that specific category or the aspect of teaching. So it's a really, really nice way to really specialize yourself, be seen as an expert and actually gain more students because you're so specific. I want to go into more depth about is on this um, this little comment later, but before we start speaking about that, how did you then decide to help other teachers to find their niche? It gets me really excited. Like I love talking about it. So that's where that you know that big why and that passion. And I saw the difference it could make. Yoga teachers would say to me, "I need help filling this class." And right away, like if if I took a quick scroll through their social media, let's say they were posting on Facebook, they might post about their their class schedule and their classes were called same as mine were at the beginning, gentle yoga or yin yoga or. And their students, I think, can't see, like, if you're brand new to yoga, you don't know what yin yoga means. So if it's something more like yoga to relax, (laughs) people might see themselves in that. And so I just got really excited to see the opportunity that was there. And when you said about becoming that expert, I believe yoga teachers are professionals, part of a healthcare team. And I also believe that they really are experts. They're experts in how to downregulate the nervous system and and allow people to connect breath and movement and to really, you know, give all of those benefits and gifts that we, we understand and we know to yoga. And so the more I can support yoga teachers, I know then the more they can build like a really solid business and then stay in business. So that's what gets me excited about it. And the other thing that you said was about the expertise. Imagine if you are looking at a few different yoga teachers and you're looking at their online content and mostly they're just talking about yoga, you know, why they like yoga, what books they're reading, that they have yoga classes. And you start to know, okay, they're a yoga teacher, but imagine one of those teachers starts only talking about how yoga can help you with sleep. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you make this connection in your brain. And the next time someone, a friend comes to you and says, I'm having trouble sleeping. You're like, Oh, it'd be really great if you connect with this yoga teacher. So right away you stick in their mind. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think 
we most of us that are here we are going through the process or we have been through it or maybe have to start for myself as well it was really scary to choose a niche it's really scary to maybe have to exclude people or say, tell people that they can't go well they still can go to the class but it might not be suitable for them anymore why do you think it is so scary and how could people overcome these type of uh, types of fears yeah so it is scary. Yeah. I still have two parts of my business. I have a podcast for yoga teachers, but I also specialize in pelvic health information with pelvic health professionals. So I have a membership. So I'm not trying to say like, you can only focus on one thing at a time. I will say the more you can focus on less things, like let's say you teach a kid's yoga class a restorative yoga class, and then a hot vinyasa flow. And honestly, I used to teach 16 classes a week. So I get what it's like to just be trying to make a living and teach every type of yoga there is out there. It's very hard to market all of that everywhere. Mm -hmm. And instead, as, so I would say to make it less scary, just think to yourself, okay, out of all the classes and things that I offer right now, is there something that I could take off the list? Like, let's say your teeth, I knew for me, it was like toddler yoga. Like it was just a room of chaos. It was toddlers and their parents. And I just thought this can go off the list for sure. <laughs> and so <laughs> think of, you know, is there, is there a studio that you're driving really far to, or is there a class that's just not at the right time of day for you? What one would come off your list so that you could focus on the other ones and then know that you don't you don't have to announce it to the world. Like my niche is now yoga for sleep. You could just try it on. You could just try and see what it's like to talk about it on social media, in your newsletter, in your classes. You can run a special series for people for the next four weeks. We're going to focus on yoga for sleep and see what the response is from your students. See what questions they have. See if you like teaching it and try it on. Like, like it's like, how does it fit? How does it feel? Okay. For this season, I'll focus on this, but then the next season I want to focus on this other part of my yoga business. Is that helpful? Yeah, no, absolutely. I really think it's helpful. And I think as well, very often when we choose a niche or when we, when we are in the process of becoming clear on what we want to do, we also think that this is it forever. We have to stay yes. with this niche forever can you give us some information on that or speak to that fear or that doubt? For sure. I mean, my niche used to really be prenatal yoga to the point where I spent eight years researching and created a whole yoga teacher training all, of, all about prenatal yoga. And I really thought this is what I want to do. Then I realized, oh, what I love the most is the pelvic health information within that. And how can I support people? So I, I did for a while then focus, you know, mostly around pre and postnatal pelvic health, but I got to know that mm, I actually would rather, like I ended up helping so many people who were dealing with pelvic organ prolapse. So that's a very specific niche. Now I worked at a, before COVID, I worked at a physio office in person with people um, and was mostly working with people who had pelvic health issues, but there would be other people that would come in like uh, the physios would refer people who maybe had a brain injury. So I would end up working with different people. It's not like, it's not forever. 
And it's not like other people aren't going to come to your class. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just that like the message is loud and clear what you really do specialize in. And there will be people who still ask you to do other things and you get to choose. Is this a good fit or not? Yeah, for sure. It's not forever. (laughs) (laughs) It constantly changes as we have evolved as human beings, our interests 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 our interest changes it's the um, it's just as we change in life the way that we work as well changes all the time so could you give us some key factors to consider when we choose a niche what are the most important things that we need to take into account well first i would just ask everyone to write a list of ideas of some niche areas now that you are curious about. So I think each person is so unique in this. You sort of have your own personality. Like, what am I curious about? What am I, what do I have more questions about? What would I like to learn more about? Mm -hmm. What do I already know? Like, where is your expertise now? What skills do you have that other people don't have? Like, let's say, for example, if yoga students come up to you at the end of your class and they're like, oh, I just love how you guide us into that Shavasana. And I feel so ready for sleep. I wish that I could take you home with me. (laughs) You (laughs) might make a recording. Like you might think, oh, I I have a gift for this. People feel really relaxed. So you might then think, okay, I'm going to create some recordings where people can listen to that at home and fall asleep easier. I'm not sure if I've answered your question. Ask me more if you feel like I can dig (laughs) in a little bit more. No, I think it's a really great start. Just understanding where you're at, what you already know, the things that you find interesting and what you'd like to learn more about. It could be a great start to find out what, Um, thing you want to specialize in but what are other factors that people need to take into account for example maybe demographics or people that they already know or the students that they already teach right I I this one's really hard for me because I've always I don't know. I think I'm biased in this. You know, I don't like teaching evening classes and I know that students love showing up for evening classes, but I used to plan my classes for nine 30 on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And I really thought I was going to get the retired crowd, but no, I got people who work from home and wanted to start their week off. Right. So I wouldn't start by asking your students what they want. I would start by really looking at like what fuels me because everyone knows like on those slow days or those tougher days where you're running your own business and you're like, I'm tired. You want that big why to push you through. So I would really take a look at what are your interests and curiosities first. And for sure, you can look around you. I mean, if you decided, I'm trying to think of a niche that wouldn't work. The thing is, you would be amazed at the jobs that people create in this world. There's this great story that I think brings this home. I hope you're okay with me telling it. (laughs) There's a man, I forget his name now. It it might come back to me as I tell you this. And he folded origami at work on his lunch break and loved doing this. Worked a nine to five at a corporate job. His, His Instagram account is white on rice. And every single day, that's all he wanted to do. And so then he decided, okay, I'm going to post. He had very few followers followers on Instagram. Every day, I'm going to take the whole year and post a 
different origami fold every single day on Instagram. So he was going along and doing this. And all of a sudden, near the end of that year, someone reached out and said, we'd like to hire you for this party to do all of the origami. And so now that's his full-time job. He got hired by Pixar to help with a movie and do different things. And that's all he does is fold origami. So I don't want you to think like, oh, that sounds way too out of the normal box of Mm -hmm. teaching yoga or doing some type of work. Like I know yoga teachers who write books and that's their form of yoga. You know, so I, I think don't box yourself in for sure. Try think, try things out, try things on, but really think outside the box for this. Yeah, absolutely. And really stay true to what you're truly passionate about or what you truly find interesting. I think especially for new teachers or maybe people that find it scary to choose a niche. We really want to please everyone and spread yoga with everyone that we know. And it's very scary, like we already mentioned, to choose or to go for it because you it's something unknown. You might not know yet how it's going to, to be. It's actually something that I have experienced here in our community because we focus solely on English, the English language for yoga teachers that don't speak English. And it's not something that I saw before. I mean, we didn't know we had no idea if there was an interest for it or if people would like to learn if it's done elsewhere or if it's something that they they um, would invest time in so i think it's really really important like you said to mm, go for something that you are truly passionate about and stay really true to what you find interesting to connect to the reason why and to understand why you're waking up in the morning and teach your classes every day. So my next question is, maybe we go through this process and we make mistakes, or there are things that we could do better. What are some of the common mistakes that you see teachers make when they choose their niche? I mean, first of all, I think if you are making mistakes, you're trying something new, Uh, I'm a podcaster and I used my microphone backwards for 30 (laughs) episodes. (laughs) So, I mean, nobody else knows that except me. (laughs) So what I would first define, like I'm, I'm making mistakes and messing up and learning as I go all the time. Everyone's doing that. Everyone is afraid to put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. It's scary to run your own business. Is there really a mistake you can make with a niche? I'm trying to think like, I've heard people say like, don't niche down too much. Mm, that's not usually what I see from yoga teachers. I guess the biggest caution would be to just think, well, I, I need to teach all of these people. I need to teach all the prenatal, all the seniors, all the kids. Like I'm the only yoga teacher that can work with all of these people that would maybe be the biggest mistake because it's really a beautiful thing when you know in your heart okay i specialize in teaching kids yoga so that when someone calls you and they're like can you come and teach at the seniors residence you're like no but my friend mary does Mm -hmm. specialize in that and i will send her your way like to be and it might feel like you're going to lose out on income but in my experience and with every teacher i've worked with when they niche down they actually make more money and business is easier. It's simpler. That would be the only thing. But honestly, I would love to hear 
if you have some ideas of different niche ideas for yourself or other teachers that you see in your group, Mm -hmm. because it's something when you can really dig into one person's like, it's, it's unique for each person. Mm -hmm. There's no magic formula. It's like really sifting through what do they love to teach? What brought them there as well? That's another thing I hear. I love to have yoga teachers on the podcast who have very specific, a very specific yoga offering. And it's often fueled by something they've dealt with. Like Christine Jaregeberry focuses in on yoga for scoliosis. And that's because she has grown up having scoliosis. So yes, absolutely. There's some really great niches that I've seen in our community as well. There's one girl, Yuka, her name is, and she focuses on yoga for women whose husband work in the army that's so specific <laughs> so yes. and like you said it's something that she experiences and she that she lives with every day she completely understands their position and it's a great niche i really really love the idea yeah oh that's fantastic oh, shannon i think we lost you for a second you're frozen let me see uh, it's me. Oh, you're back. You're back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me know if it I'm does. I'm going freeze to switch again. to another. I can stop yes. my video. Yeah, it's working. No, we're back. I think we're back. I just switched to my normal internet. We were on Wi-Fi, but I think it should be all right now. Amazing. Okay. So yeah, it's really, really. There are really specific niches out there, and really, really great ones that are, like you said, things that people have experienced, but also things that people maybe are too scared of right now because it's so detailed, not detailed, so specific. And it might be hard to actually approach these people or to find these people, especially when you're first starting out. Do you have any tips for people that have a very specific niche? but don't really know where to find these people. I mean, for that, if we're looking for brand new yoga students, I would ask like, do you like being on social media or would you rather be out in person in your community? Like you need to find a way to get in front of new people, right? These days, a lot is online, but that doesn't discount meeting people in person. There might be, let's say you teach yoga for sleep. There might be a sleep clinic in your in your area and you can go in and say to people would you like me to offer a free free workshop on how yoga can help people to sleep or can i leave my card here uh if it's on social media i mean that's where i love to hang out then you can you can uh, you know post all about yoga for sleep and you'd be surprised people will will start to find you oh did your internet freeze is it my internet it's really dropped off i can keep chatting Oh, oh, now it's just me. I don't think I can also see in Facebook if we are here. Let me see what the next question is then. And if anyone has questions, I'm pretty sure that you can post them in the chat uh, after as well, like for the replay, or if you're here live, I can't see that chat right now, but I might be able to access it. I feel like Annie will come back. Uh, yay. We're still here. Annie, is your internet acting up? Would it help if I pause my video? Uh-oh. Oh, I think we're, I can't hear you yet, but I can oh, see you no. here. Oh, there oh, you are. I can hear you. Okay. We're still here. 
I can hear you. There's something wrong with okay. that. Well, the internet is acting up. Let me pause my video and we'll see if that's why. Can anyone, is anyone in the chat? I don't know if that's helpful. Can anyone in yeah. the chat let us know? Do you want me to keep is my video off, Annie? Um, let's keep it off for now. I, I, we lost connection on Facebook as sure. well. So I'm just checking if you're still watching or they thought that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they will come back. Hopefully they come back. They're still okay. watching. Let us know if you're still receiving us. And I don't want to check too much on Facebook because I'm afraid that it eats the internet as well. Yes. All right. I'm going to, I think it's fine. It's all fine. Okay. So, excuse me. The question was how to reach the. I'm so sorry, Annie. I don't know if you can hear me, but all I heard you say was the question is um, let me see here because Annie sent me a list of questions. So let me see if I can do it, <laughs> even if her internet is acting up. Um, I'm going to try this, friends. <laughs> Um, I feel really bad for Annie. Technical glitches are so tough to deal with. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to get to the next question because I was like, well, I have the list of questions. <laughs> oh, this is so weird. I'm so sorry. I really don't know what's happening. Well, uh, now it seems to be working. It is. It is. Let's see how long for. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll find that. So I lost you when you started answering the question as to how to approach the people within your niche or how to find them. Okay. So I, I, I did answer, but I'll recap. I would try like definitely on social media is the place to go to get in front of new people, but you can do this in person. You could go to the office. Like I was saying, if you teach yoga for sleep, you could go to an office that is all about like a sleep clinic office mm -hmm. and offer a workshop or leave your cards there. But on social media, it's easy and don't give up. Like it takes a while to build it. You could decide, okay, I am just going to post all about yoga for sleep or all about restorative yoga, even though you teach other classes, like choose one thing just to focus on the most on your social media and see what happens and ask your students and ask people online for more questions so you can answer those online. That's where I would, that's where I would start. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really, I think it's a really, really nice way. And especially one thing you said, I think is really important is to be patient, especially if you start online, it takes, it takes some time to actually get yourself out there and to be seen by other people i've once heard correct me if i'm wrong or if you have different um a different experience with this but i once heard that it takes a year and a half for your business to really take off is this something that you that's true <laughs> well some people say like oh it takes five years i mean it takes a while. There's no overnight, like, boom, I'm a famous yoga teacher and I have millions of followers on online. I would just really focus on the connections and the relationships that you build, like those connections that you build with existing students. And let's say then they bring a friend. Those are the connections to focus on. And how can you answer their question? Like, let's say someone comes up at the end of the class and they're, and they say to you, you know, I have a lot of trouble with this one pose. Can you show me how I can modify it? Take that question and answer it over on your social media. You know, Hey, the student in my class, 
maybe just had surgery or something. And here's how we modified that pose. So you're taking those questions and if possible, the questions that are really in that specialty or in that need. Yeah, exactly. That's a great tip. I really, really love that. Um, is there something that you would like to see more of among yoga teachers within the community that we have, or maybe the way that we support each other? <laughs> a couple of things like being a yoga professional is I think the the main piece and in that we refer when it's out of our scope of practice so within our scope of practice for me it's the eight limbs that's my scope of practice mm -hmm. and then let's say someone comes to me and says I have just incredible back pain. I've taken different trainings about pain. And so I can, I can offer them some things, but I first want to make sure is everything. Okay. Medically, like, have they seen their medical doctor? Are they seeing a PT for this? Um, do they have a good healthcare team? If someone comes to me and says like, I'm so stressed, I can't, I can't handle all of the stress. Okay. That for me, that's like, they need to be talking to a psychotherapist or I have this referral team and I want to be seen as one of those professionals of that team. And right now I'm also seeing a lot of misinformation being spread within the yoga world. This has been happening for a while, but I see it amping up right now. And I guess if you want to be seen as that professional, who's part of a team that includes healthcare professionals, we need to be making sure that we're listening to the majority of healthcare professionals in that. And that means, you know, when 97% of doctors, are saying this thing we go with that we don't we don't tell people well I heard like from someone's cousin over here and we really support each other as well we'll learn together and we'll mess up together doctors do this all the time doctors you know used to have very weird practices that they would do and then they're like oh together as a community we've learned and they don't really throw each other under the bus they ask everyone to come along with them in that profession and I want to see more of that in the yoga world like where we go to answer a question online consider for a moment you know come from like compassion ahimsa this person is out trying to do the hard work that you're also doing mm -hmm. and they have their own stuff going on and if you want to answer a question make sure you have the energy to do it like show up or don't or just like you know is it your specialty is it your niche <laughs> Do you have something to offer? Do you have some help or support to offer this person? And if not, maybe go for a walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> You've got other things to offer. It's really important to understand uh, what you're good at and what your, your um, expertise is and really how you can offer more value to these specific questions or to these specific groups um, and to the, the community as well. Everyone is good at something. Everyone has their own talent. And just cherish those and don't try yeah. to be good at everything because that's not possible for anyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like if a yoga student came to me and said, my car is making this funny sound, <laughs> I would have no idea how to help them. I'd be like, you need to see a mechanic. I wouldn't pretend that I knew something about cars. Mm -hmm. And and yoga teachers need to do this to be professionals in, in their field. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not have the answers. Like even if you... That's the other thing. Once you specialize and you're seen as this expert, you will not have all the answers. Like I have way more questions now. If you meet up with a yoga expert and they think they're a yoga expert, like they're like, I'm the expert. <laughs> I would ask them a lot of questions. Experts don't see themselves as experts. They have tons of questions. Mm -hmm. They're learning from other experts. It's where that 
a great phrase comes in the more you know the more you don't know because there's so much more to everything that we could even imagine I really like what you said I completely agree with you um I'm not sure if I don't see enough of it myself at the moment but I definitely have seen it a lot and I really think it's something that we can learn from it's really it's a really good point to always keep on the back of our minds and be aware of and take into account when we get in positions like this. So we spoke about how to choose your yoga niche. What are the top three recommendations when choosing a niche for the people that are watching and are maybe starting out, they haven't got any idea yet. What are the first three things I need to do? I would say for sure, know that this is not a forever decision. It's, it's something that you can try on and it will evolve over time. So that's, that's for sure. One pick something that really fuels you so that on the days where you feel like, oh gosh, I have to put this class together and, you know, figure out my playlist or whatever it is, you can think, okay, who am I showing up here to help? Who am I here to serve? How can I, how am I helping them? Uh, Really focus on that when it comes to your niche. I don't know what the third one will be. What do you think, Annie? Do you have thoughts on what the third would be? Um, There's so many things to, to start with. And I, I, you go. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, we're all afraid of different things with the niching down. We're afraid that we're pushing people away. We're afraid that people are going to look at us and think, who are you to position yourself as this expert in this talk. We all have those thoughts like that imposter syndrome and the lack of confidence or those little talky doubt things that come in, or we think, oh gosh, I don't want to be on video. We all have those, like every yoga teacher I've ever worked with. So I would just say, go forward. Like your message and you helping is louder than all of those fears and those doubts. And it's more important. Keep going. Yeah. Very nice. Really, really good advice. So I've got one final question about this. It's not necessarily related to niching, but more to yoga entrepreneuring. <laughs> yes. so, because you, you are very international. You are in Canada, but you've got a really, really nice group with a lot of people from all over the world. The podcast that you have, I'm very sure that there's also listeners from all over the world. Probably a lot of them are in the group too. What do you think is the greatest benefit of being online and working internationally? Hopefully the benefit soon is travel, more travel. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, that would be a great benefit. But I think it's so like hearing other people's stories from wherever they are, whether that's like physical location in the world or also our social location. You know, I live in Canada. We have free healthcare here. I'm a white woman. I have a lot of privilege where I am in the world. And the only way that I can not understand, I like, I can't understand everyone where everyone is coming from, but the best way to have more compassion and be able to connect with what's happening around the world is hearing individual people's stories on so many, on so many levels. So for me, that's a huge benefit. Like working online allows me to be able to connect with yoga teachers from around the world. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. And absolutely true. It really gives you access to people that you wouldn't meet otherwise, people that you wouldn't speak to or know about otherwise. 
and it gives yeah. you so much knowledge and maybe understanding like you said compassion but to understand other people's situations and how yoga has maybe benefited them or how it works in that country because it's different everywhere there's so many differences and it's really fascinating to know and to learn and to hear more about there's one other thing that i wanted to tell your group i often yeah. hear from yoga teachers when they say, oh, I'm going to teach this class in another language and I'm not sure about doing this. I have been to yoga classes where I like French yoga classes in Montreal, where I think I don't really know what the teacher is saying, but it's still a beautiful thing to be in that class and do that class. I especially love when teachers say things differently. Like I know that it feels like you're sometimes messing up with your language. But for me, like I had a Spanish yoga teacher in Mexico and he kept saying down the dog instead of downward dog. And nobody told him until all of a sudden he heard one of us say downward dog. And he was like, wait, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? We're like, please don't change like please keep <laughs> because it was so yeah people people are not caught up on that so I, I'd love for for your teachers to just feel like the language isn't as much of a barrier I know it feels that way when you're mm -hmm. learning language it's like me ordering cheese in Montreal it's not pretty <laughs> but I really appreciate hearing different languages yes absolutely I love it too I really love hearing well, from the teachers that we work with, the different accents, the different uh, way they pronounce the words, including myself, including myself. <laughs> but it's just really nice because it makes you so unique and really makes yeah. make you stand out as a teacher. And people that go to your classes, like you and your experience as well, they love hearing something else and hearing different expressions or your own made up quotes and affirmations. It's just amazing to yeah. to see this around the world as well is there anything else that you would like to add or recommend no i mean just let's connect that i love connecting with people from all over so if we haven't already connected i'm on instagram and the podcast and the facebook group but really you could just go to the connected yoga teacher.com that's it yeah, you've got a great website everything is there in the description of this as well we will link to all your your social media accounts and where they can find you what is it that you're currently working on within your business or within the group is there well some personally <laughs> i'm getting ready for winter which yeah. means i try and walk outside every day i think i'm going to start when the first frost starts because the more i can walk outside the easier it is for me to deal with winter and so if you follow along on my social media sometimes i walk in the blizzards of snow <laughs> and I'm working like the podcast is clipping along really well I looked at the calendar and in February we reach five years of the podcast which wow. is unbelievable and on the pelvic health side of things pelvic health professionals is where yoga teachers can go if they want to learn more about how to help people with their pelvic health basically if you teach people who have a pelvis I say that's what that group is for and yeah I am also excited that hopefully fingers crossed I think I'm booked to go to a conference in, in the States in the spring. So I do hope that I get to travel around a little bit more and see people. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. When is it in spring? You said it's yoga teacher comp and it's run by Alison Russell and it's in April, but I don't have the exact dates. I'm not getting my hopes up too much yet. No, exactly. <laughs> but in I really still half a year away it's possible yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
just we'll see. <laughs> exactly we'll see we'll see thank you so much for being here i'm checking quickly there's comments people are still watching that's great we, we, you got back yeah. are there any questions from the audience people that are watching on facebook either in the group or on the page yeah let me know if you have questions i'm happy to answer them yeah let's see there's always a little bit of delay um so let's give them a small what are you what are you working on next what is coming up next for you uh for me also winter (laughs) (laughs) i'm in spain i live in spain and it's really really nice right now but i'm afraid and well in a couple of months it's going to be really cold not as cold as where you are (laughs) i don't think it will actually snow because i'm in the far south very close to morocco um and what's coming up well we're working really hard on our podcast as well we've got an english for yoga teachers course so we're really excited to to start a bigger course for for those that want to develop their teaching skills in english um and personally i'm taking it really slow to be honest (laughs) really just working loads helping the teachers that we have in the group in the community um, and preparing for winter little by little also COVID hasn't really really left us yet here there's we've got a lot of freedom but I'm still taking it easy in terms of social events and whatnot so um, working loads we're all really really exciting doesn't feel like work <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's when you know you're winning when, exactly. when you have moments yeah Exactly. It's the reason why, the reason why we spoke about. <laughs> um, I don't see any questions coming up. Or okay. here. If you do have questions later on, maybe you go through the day and you think of something and you thought, oh, actually, that would have been a question for this interview. Always feel free to send in a message or reply in the comments. Um, and we'll be here to answer those. And thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much for being here, sharing your time, your expertise. I really, really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And it was just such a pleasure to hang out here today. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Enjoy your walk. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll I be will. Enjoy again. the beach and happy Friday. <laughs> thank you. If you feel inspired and like what you learned today, I'd love for you to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Enga Unite. Join the community and become a member of the Teach Yoga in English support group on Facebook. Practice, rest, repeat and all will come.